Capo. CJ, what's up, man? I'm well, man. You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Can you? How am I? Am I clear? Am I clean? Can you hear me? Well, I actually got to turn down my headphones a little bit. I, <laughs> I blew am I yelling at you? How are you, man? All things withstanding, I'm good, man. You know, has this affected? Has this affected you any? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's from what we do, you know, for an organization. It we work with the small business consumers. Like that is our biggest pocket of activity. So we're riding through this wave just like they are. And right. I'm thankful that I work with an organization that is at least being understanding to, you know, some of the folks that are going through the Rona Chronicles. For uh, sure. That they're they're being understanding on billings and, you know, moving payments along and, and not right. handling typical policy and procedures. And some, I can't remember who has said it to me, and I think I actually got it on a recording, so I feel even worse that they said, like, this is the moment to pay attention to the consumers and the businesses oh, yeah. that you give your money to or you see other people give their money to. Yep. How are they responding? How are they reacting? What's their, yeah, yep. You know, and that's just something that we even notice in the gaming industry out here. And you know, from some of the most recent recordings that I did with uh, with people that have some kind of basing here, they've talked about that that they've noticed it with some of the yeah. the places that they used to go frequent, how they've been treating some of the employees. So right. I mean, what's going on across the country, it impacts all different walks of life, including the things that we tend to look at the most kind of like disconnect from, which is sports. Right. And, you know, from keeping up with you and seeing what you do to try to keep people motivated in the moment, it made sense to get a hold of you and talk to you, not only because of that, but just what your journey went through in the sports and athletic path. And then with all these stories that have came out with the different programs that have had cancellations, some of them trying oh, yeah. to reschedule their their football, which is, tends to be the generating revenue source for a lot of these programs right. from D1 <clears throat> down to junior college, it just made sense to have a conversation with Mr. Jeremy Capo. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Well, if you don't mind, before I have you hit some of the hard questions, I'd at least want you to give an idea of where Capo comes from that got him into the point of figuring out athletics was going to be his path. So like, where did you get set up, born and raised? Yeah, uh, born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Parents, Mary Married at a young age, my mom had had me when she was 16, and you know I'm I'm a success story for my mom, I believe. Parents divorced when I was seven. My dad really made sure that uh, my brothers and I could could be involved in athletics or sports, and so um, he would he would get us signed up. My mom would you know get us to practices. My dad would get us to practices. They'd show up at the games and cheer for us. I wasn't really all that excited about sports early on. Um, I, I can <laughs> my mind goes back to my first year of, of youth football. My dad taking me and my brother, and I mean I, we looked like one big pad right we had so many pads on we looked like a pad <laughs> and uh my dad would just take us out to the park and he'd make us hit each other and tackle and and i just i did you know it wasn't anything that i was really fired up and, and excited for but my younger brother was a baller and he loved it and he got after it first day of practice i remember the coach said who wants to be the center i didn't know anything so i just raised my hand and i was the center <laughs> Later on, I realized that that wasn't for me. And as I got into, you know, higher higher youth football and high school football, um, played quarterback and, and some receiver. But I I think what if I go back, what I would tell myself is you got if you really want to do this, you got to work hard and you got to you got to buy in and you can't take the shortcut because I was I took the I took every shortcut there was. I took it right. If we we're supposed yeah. to do 10 pushups, I was doing eight. Right. And and I look back on that and I 
just there's so many opportunities that I just missed. Um, and what 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 could I have become if I would have taken taken it more serious and I would have been in the weight room and done the you know done ten instead of eight. So from that standpoint, you know, finished high school in Kansas. I lived in, I lived kind of all over with my parents being separated or divorced. You know, I lived in Connecticut. I lived in California. I lived in Illinois, Colorado, and Kansas. Finished high school in Kansas, and I was I was okay. I you know I I had a, I had some offer to go play at some junior colleges there in Kansas. Um, had a walk on opportunity to go to uh, Fort Hayes and Kansas Wesleyan. Um, and at the end of the day, it, it just wasn't for me. I didn't I wasn't serious about it, so I didn't I didn't do the athletic route. So I got into athletics um, because I love it. But I didn't get into athletics like a lot of people where they play, um, they go to college, they're successful athlete, and then they kind of take that route. Well, you saved yourself probably, <laughs> you know, four to eight years worth of CTE uh, right. residue by not going that path and still figuring out what you want to do without having yeah, to go exactly. through that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, good on you. You know, everybody has those butterfly effect, you know, concepts. And the big thing that we have to think about doing, you know, I think about this with myself and I bring it up in my household and with people that I get to interact with is even in these interesting days here now, you have to do your best to live in the now, even though you're going to have those moments where you just think like, if I would have done this differently, you know, this could have went different. Yeah. You know, the likelihood is, is that your life is going to be the way that your life was, but we all do it. So when you were sitting there just bringing up about the things that you didn't, you know, do in the weight room, I couldn't stand the weight room. Uh, yes. And, and if I was in the weight room, it was mainly because I couldn't dunk when all my peers were dunking. So it was just legs, you know, all the squats, all the, all the calf raises, the box jumps, somebody tried to put the bench in front of me. It was a, nah, we, we're good on that. So, right. You know, it, it, and <laughs> that's that, hilarious. And we kind of caught some breaks along the way from, you know, having that time where we came back home and reset. And then we were like super freshmen and super sophomores and super juniors. Right. So you had that learning curve, but yeah, that whole thing of just, if you wish that you could go back to just do some of those things different in your younger self, I wouldn't say to do everything different, but at least pay more attention yeah. in the weight room. Like give yep. yourself the do best chance for the weight room to get yourself <laughs> the books in the weight room, everything else, just roll the dice, but just the books in the weight right. room, let it all play. So you went um, knowing that you didn't want to be out there by a you know, linebacker or something yeah. at, at a small college in the middle of nowhere with cornfields. So <laughs> it took you out. You, you finished out your undergrad. When did you start to get the idea that, you know, when you were finishing out undergrad that you could find a way to make a path still through the athletic department? So going back to, to college, I, I went to college and I didn't really have a purpose. I went to college because one of my friends in high school said, I'm going on a visit. Do you want to go to college? No one in my family had ever gone. Uh, I was first generation. And so <laughs> I tell people all the time, I was the first person in my family to go to college. And I was the first person in my family to get kicked out of college. <laughs> so after my after the fall semester of my sophomore year, I got I got a letter saying, "Hey, you're you're kicked out. You can't go. Uh, you can't go to school anymore." Um, and I was suffering through some some pretty serious depression, um, and I was on medication. And, and uh, I think had I known then what I know now about mental health and, and depression and things like that, I wouldn't have aimed by it and, right. and hidden it. And so um, I I got back into school, and and the people really rallied around 
around me, professors and things like that. And my brother and, and his roommate were volunteering or they were work study students at for the athletic department. And so I saw what they were doing and, and I, I wanted to do that. Um, I was heavily involved in intramurals and campus recreation, scheduling games and things like that for, for the general students. But I would go to the games and I'd watch them. I'm like, man, that's I miss athletics. I love this. I want to I want to do that. And so I started helping at the games um, with with events and promotions. And I'd deliver the pizza to the winning row and, and I'd set up the the uh, docks on the floor for the halftime, you know, shootout contest. And, and I just loved, loved that. And so as as that kind of progressed, that's where I really felt this is my passion. This is what I want to do. I love this. I love the excitement. And so being obviously a high school athlete and, and being around it and growing up playing every sport under the sun all year round, being involved in that and, and helping just on the event side really fueled my fire to, to want to get involved in athletics. All right. See, that's part of the other reason why it's a kind of kindred spirit when it comes to you, Capo, because you had those moments where you were royally in college and then royally got your ass kicked out of college. Yes, yes. And the thing is, like, you know my guys that went to Adams with me. We were were all in similar plights along our way. And you just had that moment where, you know, you're back home or wherever you were just basing out those early 20, you know, late teen, early 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, I could do this, but I don't know if I want to do this forever. Yeah, you just need people to come alongside you sometimes when you're in the valley and just speak some truth to you. And I had a handful of people that, that spoke some truth to me and, and saw things in me that maybe I didn't necessarily see or believe, and that was the difference. And now speak on that because, I mean, I, I know that I have a lot of successes off of my own efforts, but I wouldn't be the place that I am without my guys that helped me out in those same valley. Yeah. So speak on having people that even when they don't know what the hell they're exactly doing, they still want you to do better than what you're doing. Yeah, I, I don't think you can ever have surround yourself with enough good people and i think it's it's about relationships i i i preach i believe that you need to surround yourself with good people i i tell the student athletes all the time if i see them making a bad decision or they're in my office because of a bad decision i always tell and they probably think i'm dork um, but i don't care because i tell them it's hard to soar like an eagle when you surround yourself with a bunch of turkeys yeah you know and and so that just goes to the relationship piece the people that you surround yourself with they're either pouring into your bucket or they're taken out of your bucket. So you need to be be mindful of, of the relationships that you're in. So being being around good people, you there's you can't put a price tag on having a great mentor or having a great friend or or those people that just always uh, pour into you or, or, or lift you up, even when they don't know, or they're not trying, they just, they just are genuine, um, about your relationship right. that you have with them. And you can't have enough of those type of people around. Yeah. Especially in times like this here, cause yes, we are in unprecedented situations of far, as far as what is actually going on with the airborne illness and, you know, not having the vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. if you have enough mentors, they've lived through wars they've lived through economic crises they've lived through epidemics and pandemics that have started that nobody even thought there would be an end day to and even getting that from those folks it's it's good it keeps you balanced you know I, that, yes. that's one of the greatest lessons that i learned you know especially when we were younger living in vegas and in hospitality was stick around some people that are a little bit older than you because they'll give you a little bit of knowledge along the way that way you know that it's going to be a little bit okay yep and that's just key it, it's it's helped you it sounds like having those years where you had to 
reset yourself even when you didn't necessarily see the light. It helps you now in these years when you have those students that are in front of you and trying to explain to them, I you don't want to tell them like, look, bro, I've been here. I've probably done twice as worse as what you're even thinking, yeah. but yep. I see what you're trying to do. And here's a way to, to avoid you having that heartache. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's why I can relate. I mean, I feel like, go on, let's go back to Adam State. I feel like that's why I was, I could relate to the students there because they're just trying to figure it out and navigate their, their way through it. And I'm, I'm young and I've navigated and I've fell down and I've stubbed my toe and I've, you know, and so I don't want to say we were the same age, but we were about the same age. And so I could talk to folks and, and relate to them and show them like, yeah, I have this title and I'm technically a, a, a boss, you know, as far as I got to, I got to be in charge, but I can still have a heart and I can still, you know, lead and, and, and be someone that you can talk to. Uh, my door's open. And so walking through those, those times, you know, and, and, and helping students and, and, and student athletes figure out that there's people that care that they matter i just that's my passion i i love that more than anything and even not knowing how impactful that would be for folks that were back in those school years it meant the world because you you find those moments like all right here's where you need to click in and get to that next step of life you don't necessarily know how to define that next step but that next step is coming here and i just right. know during those years especially that that last year and a half of having to be at adams a lot of my peers had finally and i'd say that tongue-in-cheek uh, finally graduated <laughs> <laughs> and i still right. i still had a year left but my cousin d was still there so that helped out a lot but you know having folks such as yourself that were over at the at the Rex. Shout out to the Rex. Uh, some of the coldest three quarter courts basketball you'll ever see in America, right there. Ever. <laughs> uh, but, but having those kind of moments to at least see somebody that was within that same peer and age range, like, all right, here's what the likelihood I need to look at to start setting myself up for my next steps. And those things are invaluable that you remember seeing, you know, all these years later. And this is a true story, and I've shared it with you before and in front of your old man. Yep. There's not too many things from Adam State that have survived the moving around, the travel, and just the wear of time. I think I'm down to maybe two things at this point. One is my dog Biscuit, who's like, go Biscuit, is roaming somewhere outside the recording area. And then the other thing is a nameplate that you gave to me as I was graduating. That is still on my desk inside my office in the house. So uh, yeah, it is something that I truly awesome. appreciate, and it has some good weight to it. He put some good change into it even back then. It's held up itself. You know, it's not no, well, no, no gold engraving kind of thing. Exactly. It was it was the real deal. And, I, and as I look back, I mean, we, we handed those things out to our staff. And yeah, some of the comments were, I don't even have a job yet. I don't even have a desk. Like, where am I going to put this? Yeah. And I think the, the thought process behind that is, but you're going to. Right. You're going to have a desk. You're going to have a job. And, and this is your name. And it's the most important thing about you. And so you display it prominently when you get that point. So it kind of uh, just keep going, man. Keep looking into the future because you're going to you're going to get a job. You're going to have a desk. You're going to make an impact. All those good things. Yeah, I, I will say, though, because it took a while to actually get somewhere where it made sense for me to have a desk. <laughs> but because of that nameplate, it, it did create like a whole day and a half worth of extra conversation. Like, wait, your name's Charles? Like, <laughs> 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 but 
Yes. No, it, it's something that, that I truly appreciate, man. So when you went from Adam State, just one other sidebar for somebody that has time there, doesn't it seem weird to call it Adam State University? It does. I mean, Adam State College, great stories begin here. I exactly. mean, so they still have the tagline, but uh, there was a there was a push, oh man, early to mid-2000s where a lot of those colleges went to university. So like Western is university, and Metro State is university, um, so Colorado Mesa University. It's crazy because they were all colleges, you know, right. back in the day. And, and now that, you know, the university has a little bit more appeal or flair to it, I think is probably what the thought process was. <clears throat> well, they can put university onto it. And I kind of fell for the hype, Kyle, I have to tell you. It was 2015. I, I had not okay. set foot back on the campus of the Dirty Mo University <laughs> from when I walked out in August and it was in my rearview mirror heading south through New Mexico. Yeah. To I went back, but the, the homie Bino, the oh, yeah. co-host Emeritus, as we're calling him right now, as he tries to do his best to work the front lines uh, as some of these essential jobs are out there. But we went back to watch a homecoming game and was, you know, seeing the new football stadium with the wing yep. addition. You know, they had the, the food out, pageantry. Like, man, okay, you know, I can see why they switched to universities. This is all right. And then the first you guys half. guys came up. Yeah, they got roshed in the, the first half. It was like 42 to nothing. Uh, I was like, some things don't change. All right, time to go. <laughs> and we hung out at a brewery that used to be like a bookstore when we actually went to school there. So it was uh, it was different. Yeah. They, 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 uh, I, I'm trying to think. When I was in Pueblo, we went over there and when I was working for CSU Pueblo. And, you know, some of the new restaurants were are phenomenal. The brewery, San, I think it's San Luis Valley Brewery, yep. maybe. Yep. Um, amazing. Great food. Great great drinks, obviously. <laughs> right. But, yeah, they've done some things that are really good. Uh, and we joke about, you know, the Dirty Mo and Alamosa, Colorado, and that tagline for our college was great stories begin here but I truly do think some of the people that I interact with they learned their trades and their expertise in a town yeah. that only had about 20,000 people when it was cracking and in the summertime it felt like there was 1,600 <laughs> yep. like the yeah. town just completely a true college town in the middle of a farming community that was in the middle yeah. of a high desert it felt like it's uh, it was a little bit different but we found ways to be able to, to engage interact and then to be able to learn yeah. off of folks all man forever um you know we moved out to, to alamosa my wife was wasn't very open to it hates the cold hated being away from her family yeah. um, but to this day the, the relationships the people are people that i still talk to value and love because the way they they opened opened up to to my family so um great amazing people in alamosa yeah man i definitely say ditto to that and in some ways a watershed moment because the good man charles Shay Ashley brought up to me that uh, Purple Pig Pub is no more. I had no idea that they oh, got wow. rid of the swine to probably make it to like a Hobby Lobby Center or something. But uh, no, it's like a, <laughs> I thought. I thought for sure that would damn the time, but I guess not. Uh, and they just couldn't <laughs> blow up the building because there was like people that lived above it, and it, and it was in oh. a, it's in a hot corner. So right, yeah, uh, uh, some great economical situations were learned in that building right there. But it was good, man. So you transitioned out from Adam State. From there, you know, you finished up. When was that first opportunity to work directly within an athletic department where you? could be, as they would like to say, a creator of change. As I was transit at Adams is when the transition uh, began. The AD retired. They hired Larry Mortensen, who was the basketball coach, mm -hmm. to be the AD. And he came to me and said, the compliance job is going to come open at the end of the year. Would you be interested in transitioning and, and working and, and taking on a client's piece um, to get involved? And so I did that for a year while still running intramurals um, and compliance. And then 
a little later after that, a job at CSU Pueblo opened up. So I was doing compliance facilities and events at Adams. And then the same type of job came open at CSU Pueblo. And so we moved uh, and took that opportunity, mainly because our family, <laughs> my wife's family was significantly closer, even though it's about three hours over to Pueblo, two and a half. But, right. And for anybody know, she, that, that, she that's not aware, anybody that's not aware, moving from Alamosa to Pueblo is like moving from Staten Island to Manhattan in the highest of high rises. <laughs> I mean, it, I, 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 Adams was great. Alamosa was great to, to us. And so, but yeah, Pueblo did offer more of a, I guess, metropolis, if you will. Uh, more uh, amenities. There, there was a target. Yeah. In, in yeah. But more importantly, we didn't have to drive over a mountain pass to get home. Oh, and boy. so that that was huge uh, for my wife and, and, you know, helping her get to uh, be a little bit closer to the family. Yeah, you hadn't lived life if you hadn't taken or a four-wheel front-wheel drive car and taking it over a pass that's halfway icy and the only thing that you oh, can yeah. do is put sandbags in the, the back of your trunk because you didn't have a truck. Yep. Yeah, even when you weren't going anywhere, they were telling you that the path or the, the pass was closed. Right. Like, no, you couldn't leave. You were like, oh, I'm trapped, you know, but you weren't going anywhere, so it didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, that was part of the reason why we ended up starting to dig Albuquerque so much is because at least we knew more often than not we could head south and be able to yeah. get the better weather somewhere down that way, or at least the highways yep. that were clear. Right. So then you moved to Pueblo in, in a similar capacity with compliance. Now, for some folks that may not be as familiar with, you know, how an athletic department moves, you know, what is the importance of a compliance director in the overall scheme of an athletic department being able to function? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the rules. I mean, it's the guy that walks into the to the room with everybody in it, and everyone's quiet, right? So this, here comes the here comes the compliance officer. Um, so obviously, the the role that the role of the compliance officer is just to ensure that um, the institution is adhering to all the guideline rules uh, that the NCAA sets forth. So it's making sure all the athletes are eligible. It's it's certifying them for competition. It's it's uh, making sure that coaches are following the rules. And really, the 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 key term is is maintaining institutional control, right? So we yeah. as an institution, we have to operate in our state and local guidelines, but also within the guidelines set forth by by the NCAA. So essentially, it's the rule guy and the enforcer. And it, it, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I have that understanding, that knowledge, uh, because as I progressed, it's it's really been helpful to to have that understanding. Right. And that just that seems like an interesting job to have had along the path. And normally, you only hear that compliance or organizational or institutional control when there's a bulletin on ESPN or on Vox about yeah. program being on a one-year suspension because they lost institutional control. So you are the guy or you were one of those guys that would come in like, all right, we gotta, we gotta tell on ourselves. Yeah. We, we gotta yeah. let them know what yeah. you want me to do. It's, it's my job. Okay. And I, I think, the, you know, it's one thing to accident because the rule, I mean, the rule book is unbelievably thick and, and written by lawyers. So unless you're a lawyer, you don't always understand it and you can interpret it one way or the other. I mean, there's so many ins and outs. So to me, I was, I was never ashamed or never disappointed or never felt terrible when I had to say, hey, we broke this rule because it wasn't malicious, right? It was a, it was an honest accident. We thought we were doing the right thing. We, we broke it. We did this. And so here, I mean, that's obviously a lot better path than what you see on TV where guys or gals or, or departments are just flat out. They have no regard for the rules. Right. That's a completely different. I would never want to be a part of that. 
<laughs> yeah, that, those stories always seem to come out on documentaries real interesting. And then yeah, that name comes up, Compliance Director, right. 1996 to a year after whenever that scandal came out, because they tend to not be around after the scandal finishes itself right. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, okay. All right, so you figured out compliance was not your path. So yeah. what was the next step for you? So I did the compliance facilities events there for five years at CSU Pueblo, and then the director of development had had uh, moved up to the CEO of the foundation um, on campus. And so I went to my boss and I begged, like, look, I don't want to be a client officer for my life. I want to eventually one day become a director of athletics. And as I look at all these job descriptions and the way of the world and how things are going, one of the very first things they put in, an a-, in a director of athletics job description is fundraiser, fundraising. Yeah. Um, and so that was a natural progression uh, for me. Now, I had to convince my boss that, hey, I, I do this. I want to do this. And eventually, you know, he he turned the keys over to me to do that. And, and I did that two years there at CSU Pueblo. And we had some some awesome, great experiences and successes with getting people on board and selling them on the vision and how they, you know, their gifts can help create opportunities for students that normally wouldn't exist. And we needed their help. And so getting people on board with that fundraising piece is something that I absolutely love because I know it's making an impact uh, for students. And it's also helping the the donor or the or the people that that are, are being involved in giving back. I mean, it's 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 giving them um, opportunities and, and a little bit of a purpose, if you will, with with their finances to see the fruit, to see the vision come together of, of their gift. And so doing that for two years at, at Pueblo was awesome. So I say awesome a lot, don't I? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there, there's worse you know words to be able to use in the right. dictionary, you know. And I'd rather you say awesome than beautiful. Okay. Beautiful starting to get played out right now. This is not a tape delay, is it? No, no, no. Uh, we we get to edit and master this down to have you saying like nothing but yourself when this goes Good. to print. Um, so you said that fundraising was something that you found a passion in and knew that if you wanted to lead a program, that that was going to be a key component. So being that you eventually got your opportunity to lead a program, what would you say are the biggest challenges? And then what would you say are the greatest things that you found your lane in? And it sounds like right. one of those was fundraising, but you know, let, yeah. let's start with the challenges first. I, I think the greatest challenge is always people. You can't, knowing that I went and I got my master's degree and I was on this path to become um, an athletic director and this, I knew what I wanted to do. There's no book, there's no standard operating procedures on how to handle this person or this coach or this student athlete that walks into your office or that has this issue. There's no, there's no book for that. You can't, you can't understand what it truly is until you're in the, in the heat, in the fire. And so I, I think that working through, I call it a challenge or, or, or I started it off as a challenge, but really it's an opportunity to, to work with people, to lead with people, to challenge people, to push them forward instead of holding them down, to, to give them opportunities to learn and grow and, and move forward. So greatest challenge slash opportunity, obviously, is people that, that you work with on a daily basis. And then I think my passion, again, the fundraising piece, people. I just I just love people. I love being able to go and, and meet the students where they're at in their arena. So stopping in and checking out a practice, checking out an early morning weight room session, uh, hitting the road game. I, I just love letting them know that they're important and that they matter and that my time investing in them um, is is for a greater a, a greater purpose. So the, the you know people fundraising 
fundraising, uh, definitely passion. And then, uh, you know, challenge or slash opportunity would be people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, see, I, I can see both being the gift and the curse in what you do, but that's the passion of why you're doing it. You know, the thought is right now with schools being shut down, a lot of online education having to happen, athletic programs having to take a pause, spring teams essentially having to reset their year and good on the NCAA. It's very rare that we speak, you know, favorably of the NCAA. Yeah. But in this moment that they're willing to, for the spring athletes, reset their clock if they choose to, to be able to get that year of eligibility back. You know, the past episode that we ended up having posted, we talked about the NCAA March Madness. And we were joking around about that, even with how the game has changed and the one and done rules have changed, you know, how people connect with the traditional powerhouses, blue bloods, they like to call it. Right. You feel for those players that were at a Dayton or at a, a St. Bonaventures or a Liberty, those mid-major teams that even if you let them come back another year, which they still haven't really made a final decision, which it seems like they're probably going to lean to just having to let that go and that be a casualty of what happened. Even if they did bring those guys back to reset it one more time, there's no guarantee that they'd be able to hit it all the same way. I'm drawing a blank on the young woman that surpassed the 2000.2000 rebound mark at Oregon. And there was an article that oh, was yeah. um, a season lost. She had did such a beautiful tribute to Kobe back in February and then you know had all her milestones in Oregon, even though they're not hurting for money at that program because of the Phil Knight and the Nike connection. It was a good right. story. Some of those some of those teams aren't going to be able to have those moments come back, even if you gave them that eligibility. In your space of being an athletic director and being in that, that capacity of athletics at a university, these would be the moments that you feel that you probably have to show your greatest impact because you said stepping into their arena. What would you do because their arenas are closed right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that leading in these times and through these moments is, I mean, that's going to show, are, are you who you say you are? You say you're about people, you say you're about um, your your faith, and you say you're about, you know, being positive. And so the, the things that have come from this, I think there's some positive, but there's also some negatives in how it's affected so many different um, student athletes and, and the learning. You know, I, I am, my heart is with the students that, that come to campus, are able to, to get away from situations um, that aren't great where they where they are from and so learning in those environments I think is is going to be a challenge and, and it can be tough um, so being in you know how are we how can we help those students how can we the sports and the athletic side is is one thing I, I think the learning and continuing on to to finish your degree and those types of things I think would be where's your motivation coming from at this point so that you can finish that obviously it's got to be bigger than you know playing in a, in a tournament or, you know, finishing out your, your senior year with your friends and things like that. So my heart is with, with those folks. And, and I think trying to be supportive, to give them as much of an opportunity to learn and, and be successful. That is leading through that, I think is, is the, is the most rewarding part, F helping them finish what they've started. Oh, I'm not going to be able to finish my season. Okay. Well, but you started, you know, on, with the academic piece right um and then getting you know getting people a, an extra year back or, or helping them you know finish um like the the seniors or, or the sophomores at the two-year level to be able to come back in the fall to finish a, a spring sport i think 
that's a that's a step in the right direction. Although you see some people, uh, I think University of Wisconsin just came out and issued a blanket statement. We are not letting any of our sophomores come back. We're encouraging them, or sorry, seniors. We're asking them all to just move on. But then you see a bunch of other departments saying, oh, it's going to cost us about $600,000 in scholarships or 250000 depending on the number of programs and athletes. Um, if, they, if they come back, this is what it's going to cost us. And some of them are saying, we're going to support that. And others are saying, we can't support that. So yeah. it's going to be all over the map. And some people, I, I think that in your, when you walk through these valleys, right? So we got a lot of student athletes out there right now walking through a valley that in five years, 10 years, however many years later, they're going to look back on this this time, March, April, May, as as moments that that fueled them forward, that that, that helped them get going and, and moving uh, in an upward direction. You know, some will struggle, uh, obviously, with with this, but I, I do believe that they'll look back on you know three, four, five months and view it as a positive and, and it helped them become who they are. I would agree. You know, it, it's going to be some biting, chomping down on the bit moments here in these next few months. A prior podcast guest, another ASC standout, Larry Charles. Yep. We, we had a conversation about three weeks ago because a lot of his space involves real estate, commercial and residential. And, you know, we were giving each other, you know, opinions and insights on what to try to look at here in these upcoming weeks and months. And the topic came up of like, you know, how is it these next couple weeks and months and even years are going to affect these folks that are just about to graduate? Because we saw some meme on Instagram that was, you know, making fun of graduation seniors and their senior photos. I think it is how the conversation oh, yeah. went. You know, I ended up saying to him, like, as much as they're going to have an issue and a challenge, even in our generation, I'm 40 plus now. It's weird even saying that because I met you when I was still in my 20s. Uh, <laughs> but being 40 plus, even during that time, I've been around long enough to be through a recession and now a what can be triggered as an economic pause. And hopefully we only have to use that R word for a short amount of time. And if you depending on or depending on which economic forecasting you look at, some people might say yeah. we were already hitting that R word. So, you know, talking with Larry about it, like, you know, as much as these guys coming out are going to feel impacted by, you know, not having a true job market, at least the likelihood is, is when they come out, there's going to be more understanding to the cost that they're going to have and the needs they're going to have coming out. When a lot of the folks of a generation just passed were coming out of college in the 04, 05, 06, 07 window, there was no understanding about a student loan debt threshold. The people yeah. that were telling us to go to school were still part of the machine that was taking the funding away from, you know, it being on a, a federal level to a state level, which then made certain schools have to increase their overall cost of tuition to go up and create some of this debt balance. So it's still going to be tough for these guys coming out, but they're going to have a little bit better understanding than even the folks that are right behind them who are still want to get through this because they want to be able to say in their generation they had a true boom. Even right. if it's by hook or by crook, they want to try to do their best to have a boom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I'll, I'll end up asking you on is if you had a moment to be able to tell all the, the national junior colleges across the country, three things to be able to bear down to get through this process, what would they be? Uh, three three things. I, I think first is you you control your your mindset and you control how you show up every day. Uh, you, have to be, you have to be more intentional now than, than you ever were before. And so take charge of that and, and make sure that, that 
you show up and that you're intentional with how you show up and that you do the work because on the other side of this, you didn't do the work. If you didn't show up, it's going to be even more relevant. Um, I think is if you go back to what it used to be like, right? You go back a year ago, you go back to even my story about, you know, I, I could still do, I was still doing eight pushups when everyone else was doing 10. Um, but now I think you're in a situation where it's not as a controlled environment. And so you need to continue to show up um, and, and do the work and be intentional with, with your thought. The second thing would be just, just keep walking, keep growing. Or I believe that things have for you, not to you. The way you operated, the way you were, the way you functioned prior to your, our current situation was, was good. It was okay. But now you have, you have this opportunity to keep walking and keep growing and, and become a better version of yourself because that's, believe it or not, it's going to take a better version of you to get to the, to the other side of this. And when you, we come out on the other side of this, did you grow? Did you walk through it? Did you learn who you are? Um, it's huge. The last thing here, CJ, <laughs> just, just stay positive. And maybe they all three go together, I guess, but, but stay positive. We're going to get through this. We're gonna, we're gonna get back together. It may not look the same as what it did. You know, what, you know, being positive is your uh, advantage right now. And the more positive you can be through this, the better off you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to, to control your mind and control your, the way you show up. Uh, you're going to control the, the opportunity that's ahead of you if you stay positive. So all those probably go together, but, but I think you owe yourself right now in this time to become a better version of, of who you were. Yeah. Say during these moments when people would say that they don't have enough time or they're too busy to, to be able to do X, Y, and Z, and it doesn't have to be anything yeah. that's going to truly change the world, but these are the moments where you can lean into a passion or a hobby or yeah. an idea just to be able to wash it out and see if it's something yeah. that's worth the real estate that you have in your in your mind because as we age we start to lose some of that space so you may not want to clutter it up with just unnecessary thoughts especially if it's something that you could have done during these moments and you just chose not to oh, yeah. this is the window where you know laziness is not looked upon because there should be no such thing but people will still find a way to to create that in their mind you know capo as i start to wind this conversation down which has been fruitful and beneficial i want folks to be able to to know a story that means something very near and dear to me. Last year, when you know things were still moving at a normal pace, in the middle of Nebraska called Omaha, baseball players come together for the College World Series. Uh, I tip yep. my hat to all the outgoing seniors and upperclassmen and teams that would have been going through what we're in April right now. So I think they would have just been hitting like the regionals. There's like regional, super duper regionals, triple quad regionals, but they'd be going through the process right now. Yep. And one of the prouder moments that I had was being able to meet your father when he came out for a function that we had going on with the organization that I'm with and seeing his excitement of how you were interacting with people. And of course, you didn't catch that because you were in the moment of what's going on. But it was cool <laughs> to see uh, anytime I can see when a father has that you know moment of like, you know, I'm proud of my kid. That's cool to see from a third eye and him just being able to get around, be able to, to shoot the shit with people and tell his stories and yeah. tell how he got there with his son. That made everything worthwhile. And I would have never thought when I was riding a bicycle with my dog down the Alamosa Ave to, to get to the campus that all those years later, I'd be crossing paths with you like that. So it's just amazing, as you said, for the folks that are going through it right now, you know, keep walking, keep being positive. Positive doesn't mean everything's going to be okay, but it does mean that you're going to have the mental fortitude to figure out that you'll get to when it's going to be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you have a choice every day. Um, and, 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 
and I chose to continue to, to, to walk and when I was down to my lowest. Um, and so that, that was awesome to be there and, and share that moment with you. I, I always go back. It's amazing how we've continued our relationship. I, I love the fact that we've maintained contact all these years. Where are we all? We're 20 years? Yeah. No. Yeah. Close to it. Yeah, 16. And and so I always go back to what made an impact on me or how I, because I'm, I'm a young 26, 27 year old. It's my first job ever. I've never had to do it by myself. I've always been a graduate assistant. Um, walking in there and providing structure and providing opportunities and creating uh, jobs, if you will, and having the students and having you and, and our guys, I guess you could call them, take those jobs, do them. Um, but I think what, what made a great impact on me was when it was all said and done or how I, I guess the way I knew I made an impact was when you guys were graduating, you invited me to your graduation and your graduation party. Ate, we ate food, we hung out. Um, and, and that's kind of when I thought, okay, I am making an impact. And so I always, I always think that a biscuit was there <laughs> still, you know, and so I just, you know, I thank you for when I was really getting started in this, the guys, I guess, you know, you, you spoke to me without speaking to me that let me know that I, I was making an impact and, and helping change the trajectory and some lives for folks and helping helping them get, get it figured out. So um, always grateful. You guys were the first group that really spoke spoke to me and helped me along in my professional journey. So don't know that I've ever shared that with you guys, but that's why I love seeing your, your families and, and your successes um, because it was evident early on. Really appreciate it, man. We, we do. We all appreciate it. And you're always brought up in high regard with a good laugh. How the hell we actually <laughs> figured out how to get through that situation to get to the points we are now. So it, right? it's normally no over the holidays. No, you're always kept in high regards and we appreciate you taking the time to be able to have a conversation with us on For the Taste, man. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, your handle on Instagram is just J Capo. J L Capo. Okay. See, I knew I was missing something there. So for, for any of the folks the game day the hashtag game days those are something that i do wake up to and keep a tab on how he's marking those and just to be able to, to see somebody that's figuring it out and a leader of men I, I see him flourishing along the way being able to lead some of your favorite programs as they rebound themselves from the ashes of what's going on so jl capo on instagram yes sir any final thoughts you want to be able to share as we clear this one out no uh, when i say no and then i have a point yes <laughs> i think that i'm i'm excited i'm really excited and, and maintain positive thoughts that i i maintain uh the thought process of, of what's going to happen on the other side of this is going to be uh extremely positive game changing and life changing and so just keep walking through this keep growing Going, lean into the adversity because I, I can't imagine it being anything other than wonderful and the opportunities on the other side of this are going to be outstanding. 100% agree. With that, folks, we're going to wrap this one up. Make sure you follow at For The Taste Show on Instagram and Facebook. My tag on the other side of it is at Mr. Duncan 4. That doesn't mean that you're going to see what the hell I'm doing because you still got to get requested. But, um, <laughs> You know, the at For The Taste and then on ForTheTasteShow.Podbean.com, Podbean.com, uh, Pod, like podcasting, Bean, like the things we need to be eating right now that are still on the shelves, .com to be able to pick up old archives. In the meantime, until then, you guys continue to be safe, be well, and we look forward to the next time where we can have a culture conversation. Capo, we appreciate you as always, man. You take care of yourself out there and uh, hashtag game day. Go get after that right now. Absolutely. I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right, man. Peace.